Value Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Mastery Partners, where our mission is to equip business owners to maximize business value so they can transition their business on their terms. Our mission is born from the lessons we've learned from over 100 business transactions, which fuels our desire to share our experiences and wisdom so you can succeed. Now, here's your host, CEO of Mastery Partners, Tom Bronson. Hi, this is Tom Bronson, and welcome to Maximize Business Value, a podcast for business owners who are passionate about building long-term sustainable value in their business. In this episode, I'd like to welcome our guest, Gerald McAdoo, Principal at Snapshot Business Services. I've known Gerald for several years, originally, I think, through Business Navigators, the servant leadership organization based in Dallas that you've heard me talk about frequently. And Gerald and I have become close friends. And when the new tax rulings came out in December, I knew it was time to get him on this podcast to talk about how to get some free money from the government. That's always a good idea. So welcome to Maximize Business Value, Gerald. Tom, good to see you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's good to have you with us. I know you're not local today, so uh, we appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule. So tell us a little bit about Snapshot Business Services. So uh, Snapshot, my background is is wide. (laughs) I don't know if it's deep. (laughs) Um, I'm actually an engineer by trade, electrical engineer, and uh, came down from Michigan to Texas uh, to get involved in the banking industry, particularly the investment markets. Uh, so I managed uh, pensions and endowments and then high net worth clients uh, for a decade and a half or so. Uh, overlapping that, I uh, invested in uh, commercial real estate, bought, sold, managed, capital raised. And uh, really around those times, like probably where the idea for Snapshot began to germinate, uh, just as I'm talking with Fortune 500 execs, as well as Main Street business owners, um, you could tell there was a difference in information and resources that they had access to. So at Snapshot, uh, what we do is essentially help businesses improve their cash flow and their profitability. Um, One of the first things is One, that's for them to make a decision not to leave money on the table. (laughs) That's the first thing. Uh, Number two is to find the money. Where is it? How much is available to you? And then for those executives and owners that are clients of ours, then we execute on their behalf. Excellent. So you're you're going to find that money uh, that uh, the business owners typically are already leaving on the table. So snapshot takes a snapshot of the money that you guys left on the table and and goes and collects it for you. I love that. Sure. Uh, so let's start with cash flow. Why is cash flow important uh, for improving the value of any business? Oh, great question. Um, cash flow has always been important. Uh, cash is king. You know, when you when you think about it, business owners go into business to to do what to to make money. So when they can free up cash flow for improving their business, for adding new people, uh, building and establishing new markets, documenting their processes, or you know adding new equipment, you know just depending on what industry and business they're in, cash flow is always important to growing and improving their business. Um, over the last year now, uh, we've been experiencing COVID. Uh, many businesses have been shut down for some period of time. Um, have lost revenue through some period of time because of limitations of occupancy or whatever limitations there are for different states have put on them. Uh, they've used up a lot of their reserve cash that they had put aside for times like these. So right now, 
cash flow is very important for keeping the business alive and moving forward and paying employees and just keeping the business moving. And actually, just to put a pen in that, to, to speak a little bit about just the current state of affairs for business owners in 2020 versus 2021, um, again, the world has been in a state of disarray, and it has been for some period of time. Last year, 2020, as we all understand, people were not making money. Uh, it was very dangerous corporate life ending for volumes and volumes of business owners. And while that is a reality, it in no way relinquished them from paying taxes on a prior year, right? Uh, doesn't matter how much this year sucks, you know, <laughs> paying taxes on last year, right? So, um, and in 2020, it, it started out like gangbusters because 2019 was gangbusters. And 2019 was an incredible year, as was the year before. It, it was a great time from a business standpoint. So business owners had to pay taxes with money they didn't have because of the explosive years before. So now as we move into 2021 and look back into 2020, um, now they all pay less in taxes because they made less money, but they're more tapped out than they ever would before. Um, you know, what they made in 2020 was so paltry compared to 2019 because the suffering was so substantial in 2020 that their savings, their resources, uh, and everything they had access to was so tapped out. So, yeah, they owe less in taxes than last year, but they also have far less money to pay those taxes. They're more tapped out. So the level of need is as great, if, if not more, than it was before. Yeah, too many too many businesses don't really think about cash flow. They manage their business based on the P and L, and if they have money in the bank, right? But but uh, I go through an exercise with our clients to to really analyze cash flow and understand kind of where the peaks and valleys are going to be as we look out, you know, months ahead. And so uh, it makes it more difficult in times like this when you know, like you said, nineteen was big, uh, twenty was down. 21 perhaps coming back, but, uh, but you have to think about that. Um, and, and I love what you said, the business owners got in business to make money, right? Well, not all of them. Uh, and uh, as evidenced by the businesses that go bankrupt, right? Uh, but if you pay attention to the details and things like this, that's how to extract more money out of your business. So, so exactly how can you help business owners do that, Gerald? Oh, that's great. Um, and, and just kind of continue with your point, over 100,000 businesses have closed their doors permanently due to the pandemic, and only 4.2 businesses receive emergency funds. So that's a fraction of the 30 million small businesses nationwide. And those that were able to survive were more agile, uh, more determined, um, flexible, maybe even risk tolerant, but certainly they were able to make quick decisions and implement new strategies uh, that manage their cash flow. Those are the things that we're able to bring. We're able to guide owners and executives to cash flow. We're able to help them with new strategies and really be the lifeline that, that they need. The way we do that is through various uh, cost reduction and specialized tax incentive programs that help business owners put more money back into the business or the pocket. Uh, we have a wider breadth than I've seen uh, anywhere else and more than they can typically do on their own. We, we really have a platform for profitability. Uh, and I actually like the way I, that sounds, a platform for profitability. And we work click quickly so that the dollars are available sooner as opposed to, to later. Um, we're 
I guess from perspective, we are uh, we are generalists as well as a specialist. We're we're flying at thirty thousand feet, uh, sharing perspective from a higher vantage point to identify you know areas worth exploring uh, that are immediate, um, one time or or recurring in cash flow, and then we're dropping down to five hundred feet to execute on those areas of savings without disrupting their business or their vendor relationships, and and we do that on our own dime. Uh, so perspective is key. Uh, you know what? And, and, and a quick illustration about this: we were uh, visiting with some friends. Uh, this is several months ago, and we were all in the living room catching up and talking. And I could look outside the patio door, and I could see one of the kids out there, you know, playing in the dirt and the, and the grass and so forth. It was out there for quite a while. And uh, then after a while, he came in and kind of had his head down, and he said, "Mom." Uh, I'm so sorry. I, I lost my contact lens and I can't find it. So she went out and a couple of minutes later, she came back in and gave him his contact lens, you know, go wash and so forth. And he said, mom, how did you find in two minutes what I couldn't find in, in a half an hour? She said, oh, we, we weren't looking for the same thing. She said, you were looking for a contact lens. I was looking for $250. <laughs> so, <laughs> That perspective is what we many times bring to the table because we're approaching it from a different perspective, a different vantage point. That's brilliant. You, you're <laughs> looking for a contact. I'm looking for money. <laughs> I thought, well, you said something that's intriguing to me that, I mean, you guys are, are all about uh, specialized tax incentives, and we'll get into some of the details on those things in a second and expense reductions. But you said, uh, we, we do this on our own dime. I wrote it down, so that must be the gospel. We do this on our own dime. What does that mean? Well, that means the analysis. We're very good at doing this. We've been doing this for you know a decade and a half or so now. So we are very good at identifying those opportunities that are actually going to pay off for the, for the client. So we're good at analyzing what those are, identifying where they are. We do that on our own dime. We don't charge for the analysis. We don't charge for the investment. If they allow us to execute on their behalf so that they can focus on their core business, then we just share in the savings with them. We're paid for execution, if you will, as opposed to just ideas. Got it. Got it. I love that. So and you do that. So they don't have to pay you to come in here and go find that money. You, you basically get paid when they get paid. That's right. I mean, and here's a quick illustration, I guess, to give you an idea of what we're talking about. So had a, a CFO who uh, introduced us to one of his clients who was a seasoned real estate investor. He owned about a dozen properties. And he was also the owner operator um, of restaurants out of about 20, 25 percent of those just through one of the strategies that we use uh, for commercial property owners, uh, identified a very high uh, six-figure cash flow of immediate use, identified another high six, seven-figure set aside for future use. And that doesn't include the five separate areas of different services that we've yet to engage. Those are the type of programs that are available. Wow, that is... That's a that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot to digest, right? So, <laughs> well, and, and it, it's it's absolutely a lot. And again, for Main Street business owners, it is. But you know, here's an example of a conversation I had several years ago. Uh, so I had a friend who 
started to understand what we were doing and said, listen, you need to talk to my friend. They're relocating their headquarters here. And if I mentioned the name, we would all recognize this Fortune 100 company. And uh, I knew the company well because I actually had invested with them years ago when I was in investment management. I knew they were very well managed. Uh, so I took that. I had an idea how the meeting would go, but I took it anyway. I'm not going to turn down that meeting. And so I sat down. We had a conversation, um, identified several areas that, of savings. And I said, well, listen, what do you what do you think of that? And he said, well, you know, Drew, you mentioned energy. He said, I actually have someone in our California office that does nothing but look at energy and procurement for all our properties. He's talking to suppliers all day long. We kind of have that part taken care of. He said, you know, you mentioned energy management. He said, we actually look at not just reducing our uh, energy use and what we're paying per kilowatt hour, for instance, but we have someone that is actually looking at how do we reduce our consumption? You know, should we convert from fluorescent to LED lighting and so forth? He said, you know, we have an internal team that looks at all the properties that we own, uh, not just across the country, but across the world to make sure we're taking advantage of all the property tax incentives and that they're managed appropriately. And they communicate with our external consultants and accounting team to make sure we're accounting for those correctly. So just very graciously stepped out each one of the services that we offered and said, you know, we pretty much have that handled. We believe that Main Street, small and mid-sized companies should have access to those same cost reduction strategies. That's the difference. So I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I'm a small business owner. I've got a million dollar business and I'll just have my property tax guy be working on that stuff. I'll have my my uh, expense reduction guy will be doing the analysis on the LED lights and all that. No, those things are not available typically for small businesses. And, it, and, and it's very time consuming for them to go find that. So what you're saying is you take that stuff that's already that these big Fortune 1000, Fortune 100 companies are doing, and you're bringing that right down for small business owners. That's exactly right. That's, that's exactly right. So how would they know if they would even qualify for these types of incentives? Oh, so we talk to executives all the time who are uh, tasked with the maintenance and the growth of a division or company. Um, and as a whole, they, they aren't given the tools or the, the direction they need to do it. You know, and God forbid they make a suggestion that doesn't go the right way, right? which is the possibility for virtually any effort. You know, so then what? So we develop a program program specifically for executives that explodes the bottom line without any of the inherent risks. Uh, so they can actually achieve the goal, but do so with confidence. So imagine the 16 years of, of doing this, our resource team has developed some proprietary software and tools to help them with that. So very quickly, uh, in, in 15 minutes, uh, we can identify what are some potential areas of savings, how much they qualify for. Uh, that that 15 minute meeting, that, that investment will often result in, in six figures. Wow, 15 minutes for six figures. You're better than Geico. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, I'm gonna use that. <laughs> See, that's right. So <laughs> look, many business owners might be skeptical because they say, hey, look, I've already got a CPA and, and, uh, and shouldn't my CPA be looking for these things? So. How would you answer that objection that a CPA should already be finding these kinds of things for business owners? So CPAs with all the 
ever-changing tax laws every year, they don't have the resources to take on these specialized incentive programs that we do. And we actually work with the tax professional to help them get these programs implemented for their clients. We, we work with many CPAs across the country and helping them with them. Um, but you're right, sometimes from a client, when they hear tax, they assume their CPA is or should be handling it for them. So they think that we're a competitor with them. Uh, and we're not, absolutely not, we're not a competitor. We work side by side with them. We do all the work, but they still have to file the forms. We are, we are not accountants or, or CPA. Our firm is generally more engineers and project managers and, and things like that that are capable of securing these programs. But again, the CPA has to sign off on them and file them in the end. So no, we're not a threat. We're actually a benefit to the CPA because we have the resources to facilitate these programs. Uh, in fact, those who recognize the width and the breadth of, of what we're able to offer begin to use us, work with us uh, as a client retention and then yes, even a client acquisition program. We're, we're, not, we're not competitors. We actually help them so that they can actually help their clients. Um, and is it so? A couple of weeks ago, I'll give you a real example again. Um, had a, a friend uh, and a business partner who referred one of their clients, it was a restaurant owner, um, who then her tax and said, Well, listen, talk to my CPA, has been with me for years. If they think we should do this, then we'll go ahead and get it done. That's sure, love, love to talk to your CPA. Um, so after Getting a CPA on the phone, sharing what we do, uh, providing the errors of savings uh, and some of the potential savings to his client. I stopped and said, well, listen, would do you think this might be of interest to your client? And he paused and said, you know, this is significant to every one of my clients. <laughs> this is something that is a niche that you would have to specialize in. He said, and I started feverishly taking notes. He said, just simply providing compliance services to five to 600 clients doesn't allow me time to research, uh, to learn these things, to learn these tools. I said, I would have to give up the compliance practice to make this transition or go hire some, someone and hope that they're actually competent, he said, which is hard to find. Uh, he said, so when I, when I look at these things and I see what they are, the ideal of learning them and trying to implement them is just not, not something I can take on. So. Uh, yeah, but I could see how a CPA might uh, at first blush think that you'd be competitive with them, but you work very closely with the CPAs uh, typically, I'm, I'm guessing. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'll bet that they're a great referral partner. Hey, let's take a quick break here. We're talking with Gerald uh, McAdoo. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Like it or not, eventually you'll have to come to a point when it's time for your business to transition. Will you be ready? Will you be able to get the maximum value for your business? Brought to you by Mastery Partners, Mastery Class is a 12-month program designed specifically for business owners. We meet once a month, as a group to work through our transition readiness assessment. Expand your business toolbox through leadership presentations, have live interaction with other business owners. This program determines vulnerabilities in your business that will affect business value and your ability to transition in the future. Whether that transition is in two or 15 years, what you do now has long-term effects on the future value of your business. We have the know-how you need get the results you want in your business to maximize business value. To learn more and secure your spot in the program, visit mbvmasteryclass.com. 
That's MBV Mastery Class Mastery with a Y. MBV We're back with Gerald McAdoo, Principal at Snapshot Business Services, and we're talking about improving your cash flow through tax credits and expense reduction. So, Gerald, the the, the number one reason why I asked you to get on this podcast is. I watched your compelling video uh, about the Consolidated Appropriations Act, or CAA, not CIA or or FAA, or it is CAA, Consolidated Appropriations Act. Tell me more about the Consolidated Appropriations Act. Sure, um, and right, it's, it's still new to most everyone I chat with. Uh, it's a bill that was signed, just signed. Uh, just like the bill before it, uh, and what it did was enhance many of the programs that you know we were already utilizing. Uh, it increased the payouts, many of the payouts uh, to business owners. Uh, for instance, those who are hiring people uh, or those who have uh, retained employees through this COVID pandemic, uh, there are programs available for them, like PPP, that was available for them to get money for hiring and retaining employees. Uh, some of them were, were not permanent. They were year to year. They would sign them year to year. They always signed them, but they made them permanent. Uh, they increased the payout for some of those. And for some of them, they were made to work in conjunction with those who took the PPP. So you could benefit from some of those these retention credits. Um, what I do find with a number of these programs is people self-censor. So they, they miss significant opportunities. Uh, from our perspective, I say, let's just have a conversation about it. So self-censoring, you're saying that they just, they, they look at it and they go, oh, I, that probably doesn't apply to me. So they just basically don't even ask about it. Is that what you're saying by oh, self-censor? Absolutely. So, you know, even in this bill, it, it was only 5,500 pages, right? So I'm sure 5,500 5, pages. <laughs> and how, how many days did it take them to pass this bill? Like, Instantly. Yep. Interestingly enough, it, it was supported by both houses and passed on the same day. That, that's unusual. Oh, so that somebody, they wrote the bill in the House and sent it over to the Senate, 5,500 pages, and they passed it on the same day. How many, how many uh, senators uh, or congressmen, for that matter, by a show of hands, how many do you think actually read a 5,500-page bill before they signed it into law? None. Oh, got it. Right. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I, I get that, man. You know, I, I was I was recently watching uh, a movie. Um, I think it was I think it's called Lincoln. Um, Daniel Day Lewis plays uh, President Lincoln, and when he when they wrote the Emancipation Proclamation, right the the bill releasing the slaves, it was a one page document. <laughs> why, why can't we pass laws that are one page documents or 5,500 pages? I can't wait to find out more. So, so what else is in there and what do, what do you guys see in that Consolidated Appropriations Act that is meaningful for business owners that they might be able to take advantage of now? Oh, sure. Um, so a lot of things in that bill, of course, uh, you know, the second round of PPP and funding qualifications, uh, there was something in there for uh, live venues and, and cultural centers that was left out before. Uh, there was a farm credit issue in there. Uh, there was a surprise medical building, billing, uh, tax extenders, uh, EIDL. Um, but there were three areas um, for us that, that stood out for, for our clients and potential clients is 
One, uh, again, program that's been out there for a while is related to hiring new employees. Uh, it's called Work Opportunity Tax Credits. I call it I call it WOTSI. Uh, you may have heard of it. Yeah. Uh, just a real quick review. It's it's a federal government program. It's uh, incentivizing businesses to hire what they refer to as disadvantaged categories. Uh, they've been doing this for decades. Um, some of those disadvantaged categories, um, the first one was actually uh, related to a veteran. So this actually started back in World War II, and it incentivized employers to hire veterans. Uh, anyway, they quickly added those who had served time. Uh, so for years, it stood as the veterans and ex, ex-felons tax credit. Uh, over the past decade, and especially over the last five years, they've added you know, lots of other categories to this. Things like uh, someone who is coming off of long-term unemployment. A lot of people fall into this category now due to COVID. Um, maybe where they live, they call them empowerment zones. Could be anyone um, or anyone who lives with this potential candidate that's on some sort of government assistance program like SNAP, uh, some youth work program. So just depending on the types of positions you have uh, and some of those things, you may have some some turnover and you you may have some of those people coming through. And with our system, what we do is create a portal for you to capture these tax incentives for them. Um, There's another. There's so many areas. Keep going. I don't mean to interrupt. <laughs> oh, okay. One of the one or the other that also falls into this area of uh, disaster retention credit and tax incentives. There's a second area. Um, if you have operations in any of these states, actually 282 counties nationwide, you're eligible for a disaster retention credit um, up to $2,400 per employee. They add new new counties of this every year. I mean, I mean, let me give you an idea. Just real quickly, some of the new, new areas. Uh, this isn't all of them. Um, so they added uh, California for wildfires, uh, Florida, Hurricane Sally, uh, Michigan, severe storms and flooding, um, Tennessee, severe storms, tornadoes, straight line winds, flooding, uh, Utah, earthquakes and aftershocks. They're, they add on these things every year. But if you have operations in 2018 and 19 in any of these 282 counties, we can get up to $2,400 in a federal tax credit, dollar for dollar offset against taxable income. Um, two, there was the one section of this just related to the employee retention tax credit. Uh, this had to do and started with the CARES Act. So, you know, if you're familiar with PPP, sure everyone is, the Paychecks Protection Program, this was a loan incentivized program to help people on payroll. Another program, the Employee Retention Credit, that was a tax credit to incentivize businesses to keep people on payroll. However, most business owners, I will tell you, that we spoke with had never heard of it. It didn't get a lot of media attention. So if you took PPP, you actually couldn't take ERC anyway. (laughs) It was either one or the other. But now with the new legislation that came out just a few weeks back, that has changed. And now they're allowing for business owners who accepted PPP to go ahead and take ERC in 2020. So it's tremendous opportunities for, for some of these programs. That, that's just a few to name. Good Lord. That, that, is just a, that is just a lot of things. Now, you, you mentioned in there, of course, PPP. Um, is, the, is the PPP just a second round of funding on the same program or is it different? It did include some new areas. 
uh, again, like cultural events and some live venues that were left out of the other and the source, some of the eligibility requirements have changed with some of those. That's something that directly the bankers and the CPAs are over. That's not something yeah. we get involved in, but, but yes, absolutely. Yeah, I knew that you guys really don't do uh, PPP stuff, that that's really kind of through the banks and through the SBA and all of that kind of thing. But so so what what is the best way for business owners to take advantage of this stuff? Do these things kind of, are they additive? Are they, uh, I mean, kind of, you know, one on top of the other? I mean, what's the best way to take advantage of this stuff? Oh, that, that's a, a great point, actually. Um Yes, they can be stacked and you want to be able to do that. So think so for most companies, you know, that receive PPP, you know, it covered six to eight weeks worth of payroll costs, not total business costs, not the total loss to the business, but payroll costs, six to eight weeks. The problem is business owners had to cover the entire year of 2020. You know, now this new round of PPP that's coming out, you know, I have to question. Is it truly going to be the end all be all that that everyone's hoping for? What we're talking about, and and you're right, the key on that for listeners to understand is we're talking about stacking, you know, for employers that are hiring and bringing new people in, they can take advantage of that WATSI program. That's somewhere between nine and ninety six hundred dollars for every qualifying new hire. We average twenty four hundred dollars across all industries. Um, if the uh, companies are doing work that is technical in nature, they can qualify under Section 41 tax credits related to uh, the R&D tax credit. We actually can go back now into 2017, 2018, 2019, now 2020 and get them an R&D tax credit. That could be two, three, four thousand per employee that they have. Uh, plus, if they're operating in a disaster area, another twenty four hundred dollars per employee per year. Uh, plus in 2020 for every employee they have, another $5,000 in the tax credit per employer. Plus on top of that, in 2021, there's another potential $14,000 per employee per year. So there's tremendous value and able to stack some of these things together. And I can I can almost hear the question, someone saying, well, you know, Gerald, we're able to do all that. You're getting to the point that you're taking care of my payroll costs for the year. Yes, that's that's the point. <laughs> and by the way, if that's not enough, uh, if you still would like to participate in round two of the PPP, you know, you can go back and get get that as well. <laughs> so I, I'm not I'm not using using this to open conversations, but you know, how would you like to say, you know, hey Tom or Gerald in my case, um, how would you like it if I took care of your payroll cost this year? Again, not a pitch, but that's in essence what what we're doing. So on every call, uh, but virtually every business owner, these things now apply to 99% of the businesses that need money. And guess what? We, we can provide it. So I'm, I'm actually getting that level of excitement because of, of what we're seeing that, you know, we're actually able to guide, uh, guide them and what we're actually experiencing. Uh, most of what we see and hear now is still just the second round of TPP. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all the news is the second round of PPP. I mean, I didn't know all of these other things existed and the fact that you can kind of stack them all together. It's not an either or proposition. Uh, and I'm a pretty educated guy when it comes to this kind of stuff. You've, you've really opened my eyes to a lot of new opportunities for business owners to improve their long-term value by doing this. So, so, uh, well, let's, let's wrap up our business questions by asking you uh, a really important question. And that is, 
Um, you know, this podcast is all about maximizing business value. What is the one most important thing you recommend business owners do to build value in their business? Um, probably bringing out the, the engineering side of me yeah. <laughs> is uh, probably to, to document your, your processes. You know, understand what your, you know, where your constraints are and identify those and strategies to start to move towards those, just as we are doing here in cash flow. Um, but to, re to really document them and begin to adjust in there, you know, things you may have done last year that just don't make sense to do to do now. Um, you know, we're talking, we start this conversation with, with cash flow. You know, uh, many of the things that I'm talking about here don't take as long as you think, but it, it takes a change of perspective. So let's have a conversation to talk about. I think that's, I think that's great. I love documenting processes. That is, to me, one of the biggest um, impactors to long-term business value uh, is is having well documented, easy to follow uh, processes that uh, that anybody can pick up and run with. It makes the business more transferable, which makes it more valuable, uh, and it helps you improve uh, every facet of the business. So I'm yes. glad the engineer, your inner engineer, came out, uh, uh, you know, in that answer. So. You know that uh, our listeners always listen, though, for the bonus question, and, I, and you can't get out of here that easy. You know, <laughs> this is a lot of good business information, a lot of great uh, information about things that, that people don't know about and I didn't know about. But the most important question of the day, you know, is our bonus question. Our listeners listen all the way to this point to find out what personality trait has gotten you into the most trouble through the years. But this, this probably won't surprise you. It, it's overthinking. Uh, I remember, and I can't remember now if it was before or after graduate school, but I remember being at a, a table and, you know, the guy next to me was trying to sell me something. I can't remember what it was. And he was asking me a question, but what he said was, he said, Gerald, you're the kind of guy that doesn't want to leave his house to head downtown without first knowing that all the lights are going to be green. <laughs> Yeah, what 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 what's wrong with that? Um, exactly. Right. But <laughs> take it to the extreme; it gets into overthinking, overanalyzing, and procrastination, and not moving. And what what I have learned, and what I have to continue to learn, is you actually can and only steer a moving car. So to get moving, to take action, to take massive action, and then a learn and adjust your path. So that that would be my. I love that. I, I love that. You know, uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but, and, and it's a, a trivia question, and, I, and I'll bet more cities are like this. And I learned this when I was 16 years old and I was in Phoenix, Arizona. If you're going through town in Phoenix, Arizona, and you drive the speed limit, every light will be green. I don't know how in the world they engineered that, but in all directions. If you start in one direction, you, you may be at a light when you first get there, but when it turns green and you are you go exactly the speed limit, you will hit every light green going all the way through town. So perhaps, Gerald, maybe you just need to move to Phoenix. It, it, it sounds like my kind of town. <laughs> exactly. I, it, stupid trivia thing. I'm sure there are other cities that do that kind of thing, but uh, stupid little trivia things that you pick up along the way. I made the mistake of asking my family, you know, hey, this is what I ask my uh, my um, podcast guest, you know, what what's the 
thing that gets them into the most trouble or what's the personality trait? And they just started ticking off one thing after the next. I'm like, wait a minute. It's one thing. I need one thing, people. So, Well, I wanted to give you an honest answer as well. I did the same thing. I asked my wife in front of my kids and they started listing things as well. I said, hey, hey, this, this, he said business, not personal. <laughs> so. Hey, I'm thinking this kind of personal here. Hold on. So. <laughs> I get it. Hey, look, how can our listeners and viewers get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, they can, our website, snapshotbusinessservices.com and schedule 15 minutes with us. Um, my email address is gerald at snapshotbusinessservices.com. And my direct number is 214-325-1527. And uh, certainly they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm often posting and, and drawing attention to those things, uh, you know, current interests. You do a great job of educating folks. And that's what I love about it. those, those videos you're doing on LinkedIn. I love that. I've known you for a long time and it's really, when I started seeing that stuff, that's what prompted me to, to ask you to come on. So thank you, Gerald, for being our guest and educating our audience and me on tax credits and other incentives that improve cash flow. Thank you for being our guest today. Thanks for having me, Tom. So you can find Gerald McAdoo at snapshotbusinessservices.com. Of course, you can find him on LinkedIn. And as always, if you're looking for Gerald, reach out to me. I will be happy to make a warm introduction to him. This is the Maximize Business Value podcast, where we give practical advice to business owners on how to build long-term sustainable value in your business. Be sure to tune in each week and follow us wherever you found this podcast. Be sure to comment because we love your comments and we respond to all of them. So until next time, I'm Tom Bronson reminding you to reduce your expenses and take advantage of all the available tax incentives while you maximize business value. Thank you for tuning into the Maximize Business Value podcast with Tom Bronson. This podcast is brought to you by Mastery Partners, where our mission is to equip business owners to maximize business value so they can transition on their terms. Learn more on how to build long-term sustainable business value and get free value-building tools by visiting our website, www.masterypartners.com. That's master with a Y, masterypartners.com. Check it out. Perfect. I wouldn't make any changes on that.